0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. This your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have author, poet, publisher, entrepreneur, life coach, and host of the Uplift show, Brianna Breezy Cabell.
1: So I'm glad to have you on here and we got quite a bit to cover because
0: you are a busy woman. Busier than I knew, to be honest. I was I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready for your for your um for your resume, young young lady. Well, you know what?
1: After listening to all the things that you said, I was kinda like, do I do all that? Am I that? (laughs) You know, I I am very funny about putting titles or, or or labels on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with it. I use them because I have to, but not necessarily because I feel that. Like people will call me an author and I say, I'm not right. And they say, well, what's the difference? I don't know. I just, just the title author to me just sounds so big and so out there. Mm-hmm. And even though I have like I think six books under my belt now, I'm just like, I just was an author, but yeah, listen to all those things, you almost made me feel important. You better watch it make my head get big.
0: You know what?
1: My head get
0: I here's the thing. I went to a writer's conference
1: a couple of years ago and they said if you're if you write, you are an author. So take that. Mm, I wasn't at that conference, so therefore I don't have to I was there day. and I was and I email you the notes. Uh, (laughs) i'm just that petty you are an author and here's the thing how you gonna say you're not an author and you have multiple books out there and multiple plays out there so anyway i digress let's move forward and here's the funny thing you started writing in the sixth grade you wrote your first play
0: in the sixth grade. Do you even remember the name of your play? And what was it about?
1: Green Date.
0: And oh, Okay.
1: It was about high schoolers and this one guy who was like, every week he was in love with a different girl. Oh. And so he was just like chasing a different girl every week because he just knew he was a girl in the class at some point. This was back in, and I, I, I see, I, I know that you want the same page with me because we're around the same age. You
0: remember when yes. they used
1: to have Cosby Show and, and, and Blossom and all that, they would come together every Friday to do these really cheesy movies?
0: Yes. The those
1: uh like, like Saturday morning specials or whatever. Yeah. Some of them were on Saturday mornings, some of them were on Friday nights. Yeah. But that's the kind that's the era I grew up in. When I wrote that play, that's what I had in mind, like one of these little, you know, silly teen comedy drama fans. How did it end? Um, I don't know, one of the loves of his life sees another girl, a new girl at her locker, and he's like, hey, you want to go out? And It's just like, you know, it's not phased. <laughs> Keeping in mind, I was, I don't know, I was 11 years old. Yeah. I was either 10 or 11, so it's like, you know, what did I know about it? Yeah, I was going to say for a sixth grader. I mean, to be writing about a boy whoring around, let's just call it what it was, that's pretty deep for a six I mean for a sixth grader. Well, always very advanced, especially when it comes to literature. When mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were having scholastic book fairs and everybody else was reading like Judy Bloom, Beverly Cleary, and reading about Ramona, and I, I liked those books. But I was reading books called I'm Sixteen and I Don't Wanna Die. Whoa. Which was like um Diary of Anne Frankesque type book. Mm. about a, a about a girl who had and her family who were trying to survive through some kind of terrible war. But when it came right down to it, I was reading stuff way above my read level. Yeah,
0: you were. That's deep. So we're gonna move forward just a smidgen. So about age twenty five, you wrote um your first poetry book. Well, your first poetry book was published, has to say. Right. Okay. So, tell us about that.
1: So, the, my first book is called "Chasing Shadows: Revelations of a Young Mind." I've always been kind of a scribbler. Well, like I'll scribble something down. I'll scribble an, um, an idea, a title, or even a you know a full piece. I forgot I wrote that. So mm-hmm. I just decided to finally put everything together. Into one collection. There was no rhyme or reason. There was no um, there there was no chapters. There was no no A B C D order. It was just here's some stuff that I wrote. Here you go. And uh, the earliest piece that I had in there was something I had written when I was probably around 16 or 17 years old.
2: What was and, it called?
1: Uh, it was called the Answer, and it's it's sitting next to the cat. And I would ask her to hand it to me, but she doesn't have no thumbs, <laughs> so.
2: Even if she did, she wouldn't give it to you.
1: (laughs) The poem is coming from the point of view of somebody sitting in the forest. Mm -hmm. In the forest floor, waiting for an answer to a question that she doesn't have. And yeah, it was very, it was very kind of, uh, I was told it was morbid. I didn't think it was morbid. But since that's the, this, that's the label it was given, we'll say it was a little it. Now, did multiple people give you that label, or just a few? Um, most people who read it did. And then it was more of it than. I mo a lot of my early poetry and some of it now can be on the heavy side, but mm. I write out of the abundance of my heart whatever i'm feeling at that time it just comes out Mm -hmm. and sometimes it comes out very dramatically that's just the way my brain
0: yeah but you like um those um dark detective shows too though
1: oh i do a lot of research into serial killers like true crime Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah i can think about
1: all kind of serial killers Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So you almost can't help it. It's 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 going to pour out of you some kind of way anyway.
1: Well, it's not that I'm interested in murder necessarily. It's the <laughs> psychology behind the person. Uh, mm-hmm. nobody, you know, pops out of the womb and says, "Ah, I'm going to kill you." No. Something mm-hmm. happened. And I look back at their life, their childhood, their their schooling, their their, their peers, their, their everything to find out what caused this person to do whatever it is that they did. Mm -hmm. So I'm about psychology. I'm very Mm psychology-minded. When did you get into that? I can't remember not ever being into it. Because I Mm -hmm. started getting fascinated with things that happened in like the 1800s. Because I remember being fascinated by the story of Lizzie Borden and Jack the Ripper. I would would probably say early teenagehood. I've gotten more interested in it as time has gone on. But I really love psychology. I'm actually getting ready to go back to school to uh, do a little bit more study, uh, area of psychology. Oh, okay.
0: You uh, wrote a book called Dreamcatcher.
1: Yes, that was the follow-up to Chasing Shadows. Okay. And that one had a little bit more of a purpose, whereas the first book was just kind of here's some random things. Mm-hmm. Dreamcatcher had more of a purpose. I was coming out of a de- so I wanted it to reflect a little bit more of a lighter sense, a lighter side of, of my life. So it's, it's, it's certainly not as, as dark as Chasing Shadows. So it was purposeful. You wanted to show everybody that you wasn't so dark and decrepit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I, I am a lighthearted person, y'all. I swear I am. <laughs>
1: I am now. I am totally different if you had known me 20 years ago you would probably think I was you know had been in like invasion of the body snatchers I had just been taken over
0: now you've written so many books and plays and um so I'm going to ask you what do you enjoy doing the most do you enjoy writing books more or do you enjoy writing plays more
1: I don't know if I can answer that question. When I write poetry, I'm mm-hmm. telling my story. So I'm giving life to different areas or times in my life. But when I'm giving voice to characters that don't even exist, I am able to create whoever and whatever I want from the floor up. Mm -hmm. And that is exciting to me. But I'm not sure I can say which I like better. You like them both for different reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. me, words are living, breathing things. And I am not, um, I wrote once that words are our most common form of communication, but our most inadequate form of expression. We talk all the time. We talk yes. from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep, and then we talk and I sleep. But when I'm writing, think about my words. I can think about how my words are going to transcribe from deeper to the reader. I can put more thought behind it than if I'm just sitting there running my mouth. Like um, I'm working now. now. I, I wrote a novel a few years ago. It's called Meanwhile on the Other Side of Town. Mm. And I'm, I'm working on some other treatments for this book right now. I, I can't really go into specifics of what they are because they're kind of under wraps right now. But this book centers around one character who is in the middle of everybody else's drama. Mm. So I was able to weave four stories together and give each story a beginning, a middle and an end. Give each story a purpose, give each character a background. I was able to create a whole little world. And that is just amazing to me. Nothing like being able to look at some words on a piece of paper and be transported into a whole other realm. Yes, it is. I know you said you were taking a break
0: from radio. Ahem. But anywho, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> We're going to talk about what motivated you to begin
1: with, to even go into radio. Well, for those of you who don't know, I am the former host of the Uplift show on Awesome God Radio, which I am still a part of the AGR family. I'm not going anywhere I tell people I'm like a fungus. You really can't get rid of me once you have (laughs) Want to, but when it comes right down to it, I'm not going away. No, you're not. I'm still (laughs) part of the AGR family, but I did the uplift show for a little over three years. Show was a Christian lifestyle show. We aspect of life. From a Christian point of view, not that we were always preaching at anybody, not that, you know, everything was centered around. And the word says, and, and no, not all that. This is life. Just coming from the point of view of someone who happens to be Christian. Right. Everything. You know, I, I love church. I, I, I love worship. And, I, you know, I love Sunday mornings. But ninety nine percent of life happens outside the church walls. We can't be in church all the time. Amen. And make sure the church is in us. We have, to, but what can we do with that church that's in us? How does that? How is that going to relate to our fashion? How's that going mm. to relate to our emotional health, our physical health? How's that going to relate to our familial relationships? How is that going to relate to our marriages? Just our day to day. Exactly. There is anything. Float your boat. There's something out there that you can get into. All kind of fetishes and weird stuff and happy stuff and sad stuff. You can do anything and find any people who are, who are into what you're into. But Christianity is something that continues to be pushed into the closet. Everything is okay now. All Bible thumpers and holy rollers and you know all this stuff, which is not largely true. There are some people, yeah, but by and large, most of us are really trying to live the life and we need to be around other people who are also trying to live the life, but who don't have to walk around with a Bible stuck up under their arm 24-7. Once you get up off the altar and you finish spitting and snotting and and hucking and bucking and all that stuff, you still got to walk out the door and live. Right?
0: Can I stay in spirit always?
1: No no because i would say there's a very fine line between bless you and f you yes fine line
0: it's it's Mm
1: Mm-hmm. and (laughs) i have danced on that line more than a few times people will take you there and especially church people will take you there you know when i when i first got saved i was very naive and I thought that um, you know everybody here is saved. They believe in God. They read the Bible. Everybody, everything here is going to be perfect, everybody's nice. Be. Boy, did I learn! Boy, my grandma real quick. told me. My my grandma and I wish I had listened to her. My grandma told me from day one. She said, and this was her line: "She said I've been in church since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, and let me tell you how church folks are." And she proceeded <laughs> to tell me. You can't talk to everybody. You can't get close to everybody. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I was so naive. It's not that I didn't believe her. I just didn't understand. And it wasn't until I got caught up and I got hurt on more than one occasion that I started to think, hmm, maybe grandma was right. And that church hurt is real. Yes, it is. There's no hurt like the church. My pastor, mm-hmm. father used to say, he was the um, Bishop Monroe Saunders Sr. who was the founder. The church is the only place that will kill its walking wounded. That is facts. Yes, it is. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. Man, that's the truth. Yeah. The problem is, you know, we call church a hospital. when people who come in are sick people and they're looking for treatment. And sometimes we make them sicker than they were before they came in.
0: What you didn't say it. We put them on the critical list. They came in with a broken leg. Now they're in ICU. Hello. (laughs) Because of your mouth, because
1: of your tongue. A lot of times, you know, they go out to church and we lose them and we'll never get them back. Mm -hmm. I know so many people say they used to be saved or they used to go to church, but something happened and they got turned off and, and that's it. And they never get turned back on. I am very, and, and I, this is not a, a slight on anybody in particular. Mm-hmm. Who I let into my personal space, people there. I sniff around, and if I sniff, that don't sniff right, uh-uh, nope, can't do it. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Just like Nelson said, he says he's been backstabbed too many times. So have I. Yeah, I
0: have we been all
1: in, in the church and out the church,
0: and back in and back out, and back in, and back out, at the same church.
1: <laughs> but, you, hey, that's why it's an individual thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an individual. And then you just find out for yourself
0: that it has nothing to do with the people. It has everything to do with me. And I got to separate myself from all this foolishness and not look at at the show that's going on before me and and look up because if i keep looking at all this there's no such thing as a perfect church anyway
1: of course not because people are people regardless of mm-hmm. what they believe no matter what they subscribe to no matter what their faith is people are people and people are imperfect and mm-hmm. anywhere you have a person you're going to have imperfection and you're right we we put up on these pedestals and we, you know, we, we, we put these unrealistic expectations on them and they will fail. Time. The word says the arm of flesh will fail you every time. And that is fact. People yes. will fail you because they are people. So we have to continue in the mindset that we're not at church to please people. We're there to help people, but we're there to worship God. Right. People just right. happen to be there. Right. And that's, and that's something that people have a problem with too. When they in church, or let me say this, let me correct myself. When they go to church, the right. building in itself, they are so busy trying to please the people in there that they forgot why they're even in there to begin with. I've seen that plenty, plenty, plenty of times. You're so you busy so trying to please this auxiliary board and that auxiliary board and I, I don't need to be a part of nobody's board. <laughs> and then you have people who are title chasers. They are so f- on being evangelist so-and-so or elder this or you know minister such and such mm-hmm. that they are willing to do anything they can, including putting on this facade yeah, of being so high and holy. When by, now behind closed doors, they raising all
0: kind of hell. They
1: beat their wife on Saturday morning and speaking in tongues. When you just cuss your wife.
0: Yeah, don't forget about them sisters though. Just because she got a skirt all the way down to her ankle and a turtleneck on, don't necessarily mean that she's uh that safe when she get home. She cussing her husband out, throwing a skillet at him. <laughs> And then make it a, a, a time for uh, Sunday school. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Time I said, Where's your husband at? Oh, he didn't feel like coming to church. That's because you put a knot on his head. But anyway.
1: <laughs> Gotta love our people. I love them.
0: Love them. They're they, they so precious, precious lambs.
1: Now, see, these are the kind of things that I would discuss on my show because you don't talk about that in church. You go to no. church, you listen to a sermon, you read a couple of scriptures, you give some money,
0: mm-hmm. choir sing,
1: exactly,
0: sermonic solo, shout.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta get your shout in, you, give you, a praise you, in. You, yeah, you know, every you know how everybody shouts, you know you know sister so-and-so who always flap her arms like a bird and then you know the ones who always run around in circles and you know the one that always pass out (laughs) you pass out every sunday every sunday every sunday you just slain every sunday (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute this even and you pass in front of the deacon board every sunday (laughs) that's your spot Then somebody gotta run up and cover you with the with the with the, with sheet. the sheet with the sheet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know how to do and, that. Oh yeah, yeah. You go through all those those you know those traditions and those you know um, what was it? Um, anyway, you go through all those motions and still leave empty handed because mm-hmm. you done not came in. You done put on your show. And now mm-hmm. that it's time to move from the stage to real life, you don't know what to yeah. do with yourself. Yeah. You ain't grown. You ain't learned nothing. Still same old, same old, same old. I went to I went to a visited church. This was some years ago. And it was a female pastor. And she said, when she did her altar call, she said, now, don't come up here. And then, and then let me lay hands on you. And you falling out on the floor. Because as soon as you get up, I'm going to say, now, what did you learn while you were down there? I said, oh No, she did. Hey, now what did you learn when you down there? But she was not playing. She said, "Don't come up here and put on that big show for nobody." Mm-mm, I'm not uh-uh. having
0: it. Oh, what if somebody got up and said, "I learned that this floor was dirty." I'm just patty <laughs> like that. I'm just saying because if you're gonna put me up, don't put me on the spot like that.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. That's good though I bet I bet a bunch of people didn't go up there either did no, they, they? nope and those that did go up there they got up there they got their touch and they kept on moving, yeah nobody fell like out that Sunday that's funny that is too funny girl got to be more careful <laughs> but I always wanted to ask you how'd you get the nickname Breezy I made it up. You made it up. When okay. When I first started the Uplift show, I decided mm-hmm. I needed a radio name, and it just Breezy just came out. I was never Breezy before that. When I did a show with Breezy, and everybody said, "Who is Breezy?" <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know because I was always Brianna. Some people call me Bree, mm-hmm. some people call me Bree Bree, but mm-hmm. I was never Breezy. It just, it just came along. I and
0: mean, now it everybody fits- calls me. Yeah, it fits. I thought something your mama called you.
1: I thought she no, called you breezy. No, my mother called me something else that she on this line. I'm going to take you off the scare. <laughs>
0: it, it, and it'd be nothing for me to do it, just a simple click.
1: <laughs> and as a, you know, I've spent 20 plus years in early childhood education. I, um, I'm a private nanny now. And I've been mm-hmm. in uh, in and out of daycare centers, Montessori schools, public school. I've been working with little ones forever. And Brianna is not the easiest name for them to say. So I have been called all kinds of stuff. I've been Miss Beanie. I've been Miss Brianna. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had all kinds of names.
0: Wow. Well.
1: You can call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. We good.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's not like you can't cook.
1: I do cook. I love to cook.
0: I know that's what I'm saying, and if you're late, it ain't like you can't cook. You had a whole restaurant, a whole catering service, yeah, yes,
1: yes, and i do I miss having people to cook for, but when I get that when I get the opportunities to cook for somebody, oh, I will burn this kitchen down. Mhm-, just uh just the other day I friend over. And I've made, um, I made this great, beautiful uh, seared ribeye steak with stuffed mushrooms. Um, it was mm. spinach and artichoke stuffed mushrooms, um, sauteed Harry Colbert, and um, these little tiny garlic rosemary butter smashed potatoes. Not mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. smashed potatoes, where you get the really small potatoes
2: and yeah. you
1: just so and then smash them down and Mm -hmm. then let them and then let them braise in rosemary butter
2: Ooh, girl Ooh, girl
1: and that that to me is normal if i'm cooking for somebody Uh yeah i just i I love it he ate it he enjoyed it i bet he did shoot i thought that was fire yeah I actually got the opportunity several years ago to do a live cooking segment on mm-hmm. uh, Fox 4, Fox Five. It was Fox Five,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it was uh, it's called "What's Cooking." The segment was called "What's Cooking," and they spotlighted local. No idea how we ended up on that show. But it was so awesome to be able to cook in front of people. I actually thought about trying to get on the Food Network for a while, but I decided I'm not a very good teacher because I don't do recipes.
0: Oh, I, I see you're just saying, okay. You cook from the soul, so yeah. it, it wouldn't be like you could be like, okay, a teaspoon
1: of this, teaspoon of that. No, it's some of this and a little bit of that. You know, and I just... <laughs> That's why in B and C delectables, I was the B. My mother was the C. I did the cooking. She did the baking. I, mm-hmm. have, I have a culinary arts degree. She has a pastry arts degree. Mm-hmm. And I went with her to, her to her classes one time and I met the, the, her, her chef teacher. And I told him I didn't even own measuring spoons. He looked at me like I was out of my mind. I like, I well, yeah, because that's so
0: unorthodox.
1: I don't own measuring I didn't own measuring spoons or measuring cups. The only reason I went and bought measuring spoons is because I took my cat to the vet and they told me I was feeding her too much and they needed me to to uh, measure her food. That's what made me go and buy measuring spoons to measure. the Get food. out of here! That's the only thing.
0: Longs you just as long as you just use that for uh, the cat. And nobody else. We're really good. <laughs> we are sure. okay. She
1: has my own special spoon. All right. The rest <laughs> of the measuring spoons, I took the tablespoon out and put it in her little. Food bucket. The rest of the spoons mm. are somewhere. I
0: don't even okay. know where the rest of the
1: spoons are. Because you don't use them. I don't use them. You, That's I why I, I don't do the bacon. I let my mother do the bacon because you gotta, you measure everything so so. You gotta have this much, mm-hmm. and this much bacon powder and this much salt. Nah, I ain't got that kind of time.
0: Okay, so when y'all did the catering thing, I mean, how did you make sure your food was consistent all the time when you cooked? For people and they were like okay if a certain person was at that event they're like oh we want the same dish at our event what did you do because you know wasn't gonna taste the exact same way because you eyeballed it the whole time
1: i know and i have so many people say oh i can you give me the recipe for that how did you make this what did you put in there i don't know I, i really but i always can make it the same way again i just can't tell you what i did I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm weird. I'm weird like that. That I've been cooking since I was seven years old, mm-hmm. and I made my first big meal at around ten. Mm-hmm. I, my mother tells me, "I don't, you Nelson." She's she, my mom said that my mother. Um, she had terrible migraines for years when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and she came home one day. I I, she, I was ten years old. She came home from work with a terrible migraine. She was so sick. She dragged herself in the house. And and I was like, Mommy, are you okay? And she said, No, go in the car, get my purse, lock the door, and leave me alone. And so she got on the sofa. I went in the kitchen. She said, I cooked pork chops and mashed potatoes and greens and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. woke her up and said, Mommy, I've cooked dinner you want to eat? And she's, you know, thinking maybe I opened up a can of soup right this whole whole meal ready for her
0: you had a whole Sunday dinner in there
1: that's impressive that's more than impressive yes I I gotta FedEx you some food yeah I need some food from
0: you and I need a pound cake from your mama.
1: you know we ship those pound cakes all over the place we gotta ship you a text me your address we gonna ship you one
0: okay I sure will you ain't gotta tell me twice (laughs) I need pound cake.
1: They have never had cake before. Cause you, cause she made you a a a banana pudding pound cake, cheesecake. Yeah, banana pudding cheesecake. That's what it was. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And for my um, last month, I asked her to make me a carrot cake cheesecake. It was half carrot cake.
0: Ooh!
1: Oh my god, that thing was so good.
0: Oh, mm. and she didn't have that in her recipe. She made that up for you, didn't she?
1: Yeah, pretty much. She's a great carrot cake. Her carrot cake is so good. And I really wanted cheesecake too. So just like, you know, take your, take your cheesecake and make a layer of cheesecake and then make that great carrot cake and a layer of carrot cake. And then she did it and um mm, cream cheese mm. on it.
0: Mm. I bet that was fire. See, yeah, I'm. I'm texting y'all my my address. Yeah, as soon as we say, as soon as
1: we say good night to everybody, you will be getting that address.
0: Okay. Now, I want to talk. Uh, before time wraps up, I want to talk about your life coaching program that you have. Yeah, that, that that is extremely important. So I want to make sure we talk about that. I want to share that with everyone.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you mm-hmm. can see behind me. Your spirit matters. Mm-hmm. I have found that it is a true stigma, especially in the black in the black community, for anything that involves therapy. Fortunately, this mind or that you're suicidal. And that is just simply not true. And I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I can't handle your meds. But what I am is they call life coaching. Life coaching has kind of exploded in the last few years. I think when Yonla started, Yonla Fix My Life, that's when life coaching just exploded. And uh, life coaching and therapy are not really the same thing. I don't offer it. Well, I do offer advice because I got a big mouth, but that's <laughs> not necessarily I. That's not necessarily my job. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I I can't prescribe your. For you, I cannot. Um, I can't give you any any psychological resources. I don't do that. But as a life coach, I'm going to help you get your thoughts together. Uh, you might have to. You you might want to go into a specific area of business or industry, and you don't know how to do that. So it's my job to sit down with you and to help you figure out step by step by step how to get to your goal. I can help you with career goals and all that but my main concern is to get you on track spiritually that mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm going to be as they say travailing with you I'm not laying hands all over you trying to get you to speak in no I'm not going to do all that Right. I do in morality and ethics I'm going to use Bible based Um, ideas to help you figure out what your place in life is. But it's not my job to judge you. It's not my job to try to force you to believe anything. I'm just taking your base so that you can live a better life. I have a Bachelor's of Ministry in Life Issues Counseling and Pregnancy and Abortion Counseling. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a trained listener. I'm a trained counselor. I also am. I am now a certified life coach. I got my certification not too long ago. So I'm I'm, I'm building up my clientele. I'm building up my business. Not because I'm trying to make money off of anybody. Not because I'm trying to be Doctor Breezy. I want to help people live their spiritually. Because as I say, your spiritual health matters. Yes. If we go to the doctor. You know when we don't feel good, but when our emotions are messed up, we don't say nothing. You know we, we we may or may not call a girlfriend, or sometimes people might talk to their pastor or something maybe, but most of the time when it's emotional or mental issues, we shut down because we. I see a therapist every single week. If I didn't see her, I would probably be on the news. Large black woman. Jumps on water tower and starts and starts BB gunning people in the butt in Times Square.
0: That would be not, not BB gunning. Well, I, at least it was a non lethal weapon. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I don't shoot people, but I do have a BB
1: gun. But I you know, I have been in therapy for years, and believe me, with the life that I have had and the things that I have been through, I need therapy, and I am not ashamed to admit it. I'm not ashamed to admit that I am a major depressive disorder. I'm not ashamed to admit that I take medication to keep me stable. That doesn't make me, um, that doesn't make me crazy. So I want to help other people recognize that they need help and they might need more than a coach. They might need a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a licensed therapist, and I'll be more than happy to refer let me help you figure out what's going on in your own head. Then we can make some steps forward. You definitely get a free consultation from me. I will. I will work with. You know, I'm interested in helping people. I'm not trying to become rich. That mm-hmm. that's not my goal. At least not mm-hmm. from other people. Now, some people just want to give me a bunch of money. You don't know, come on with it. But right. you definitely, um, you, you can, can email her
0: and find out the cash app. <laughs> that's right. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: Now, uh, anybody who feels you know what I really do need to talk to somebody. You can give me a call. They can email me. They can text me, and we'll talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Let me
1: let me help you figure out what you need. Then, after we figure out what you need, then you can decide if I'm the one to help you do it or not. And if I'm not, if I don't think I can help you, I'm going to tell you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't think I can help you, you're not going to hurt my feelings by saying so. But let me do that for you first. Then we'll worry
2: about all the
1: other stuff. Yeah. Now, my regular rates are, as someone has said to me, ridiculously reasonable. Oh, in other words, you're lowballing yourself. Got it. Uh, Yeah, that's what that means when someone says that. So I'm going to ask you not to say your amount on here. I have a, a... company called Elohim Multimedia. Mm-hmm. And under the Elohim banner is where I do everything. Um, I do marketing materials. I do, you know, writing or, or publishing. I do live readings spe- and speaking engagements Ever, I do everything under the banner of Elohim Multimedia. And my, ca- yes. my uh, little, I don't know, I don't want to say catchphrase, but I can't think of another word right now, is enlightened, informed, inspire. And I'm not after anybody's anything. I'm not trying to portray myself as something that I'm not. I am simply here to help. Because when I needed help, I wasn't necessarily able to find it in or out of the church. And when I did find it, unfortunately, what I did find a lot was victim shaming or victim blaming. I want to help people do better. I don't believe that our experiences are just for ourselves. We can't live our life in vain. Whatever has right. happened to you, to happen to me, and you know we we're not we're not an island unto ourselves. We, as, as the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. It might be new to us, but it's not right. new to somebody else. The, uh, the The question is always, well, what is the meaning of life? nobody can answer the question what is the meaning of life if you keep your life to yourself you're missing the purpose of life. so i'm putting my life out there with my last book and i'll say this quickly my last book that i wrote is called uh from those to catching dreams the tale of a phoenix and if you if you don't know what a phoenix is, a phoenix is a mythical bird that arises from the ashes. Yeah. And I have been down in the flame, trust me. I've had at least four confirmed nervous breakdowns. Hmm. I have been suicidal on more than one occasion. I have I have been um in In psychological programs, I've been in the back of a a police car in handcuffs. I've been there, and I cannot believe that I've had those experiences and come out of them just to sit on it and not tell anyone. My book is—it's an autobiography, but it's written in poetry and prose at the same time, where I tell my story with chronological poetry but I also will give kind of um, um, I'll give the story behind the poem it's a snapshot of one particular part of my life that's why the the, the subtitle is chapter one chapter okay. two is I've started it up here but I haven't started it down here yet you can look look, um, look me up by my name which is Brianna Cabell or mm-hmm. you can um, look up the name of the book which is chasing shadows to catching dreams okay the tale of a phoenix okay i don't have to people that just put my name up in there okay and i don't just publish for myself i I have other authors that i publish as well so i have a large trove of of books available in different genres yeah you like i said your um portfolio is no game it is real I'm trying to put. I'm, I'm trying to push. I am trying to push. I want to. Yeah. I have big dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, you have re- yes, reality. Your dreams are reality. So you're just getting. You're not just getting started. you already started. You're just steady climbing. So I'm proud of you, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Oh,
0: you're welcome.
1: Because I have a lot of admiration for you.
0: Oh. Don't do that. Don't 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 get me all mushy. Girl. Don't do it. Cause I'm I'm easy to cry.
1: I'm real easy to cry, so don't do that. Nope. Nope. Listen, you have a beautiful and open spirit. You have a teachable spirit. And you have a very humble spirit. And that's not something everybody has. You're you're not fake with it. And some people try too hard to be something, but you don't have to try. It just comes natural for you, and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. And I know you say you get nervous on. See, that's why I froze. <laughs> <clears throat> I know you get nervous on your show days, and when, you know when you have uh, events or whatever it is coming up, mm-hmm. but that's that's part of your humility because you don't need there's no need for you to be nervous at all it is natural it flows out of you like water but you don't really see it's okay to be nervous just know that you got this thank you, you, get um, re- you get i re- i hate to say it. this but i'm glad it keeps freezing because <laughs> i won't get out mushy and start crying i'm like i can't hear what she's saying so yay i can't cry <laughs> but i still felt it thank you well, that's all right you get you you getting ready to jump over in line thank you you ain't just, supposed to do that you ain't supposed to do don't, this don't uh don't forget me when you come into your kingdom that's all i got to say girl please i'm taking everybody with me well not everybody <laughs> not everybody but i'm talking a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> those of us who deserve to go amen amen everybody amen. is not worthy of riding on your coattails and that goes for everybody not just me that just goes for everybody not everybody's worthy of going with you when you that's go right. there so that's right especially uh, at the last minute who then ignored you your whole life who then hurt you and turned it back on you and everything else but as soon as they they smell that you got something, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're in your face.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you tell Craig and them, gone somewhere. <laughs> gone now.
1: advice that I love from um, one of the bloggers that I subscribe to, he says, if someone is not there, they don't deserve to be with you through your good times. That's right. If you didn't ride with me when it was ugly, you sure can't ride with me when it's pretty. Hey, Amen. So, listen. Don't get me started. <laughs> so, what's next for you, besides the the chapter two of your book? What's next for you? I am working on some screen projects, and I'll kind of leave it at okay. that. Okay. I'm okay to move into a new medium. You know, I, I do some, I, I do a little bit of acting here and there. Yes, you do. I finished um, doing the stage play for Color Girls last month. I've uh of short films. I've done. I've done a couple of things here and there. And it's mm-hmm. opened me up to to uh, different people and different areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm meeting some people that might be interested in in, in helping me go to the next level. All right, hey,
0: amen. All right, don't you forget me either. Shoot.
1: <laughs> My first movie.
0: All right now. How can people contact you?
1: Like all your social media sites and whatnot. You can find me at Easy Breezy Brianna on Facebook. I and I I will freely admit that I am not as into social media as I should be. And, and, and what's the Periscope and Twitch, I don't know nothing about them thing. Okay. And I think I've even signed up for Instagram, but I have never used it. I, I have no idea. I really need to do better about that. But the best way to find me is generally on Facebook. Because I go on there multiple times a day just to see what people are doing. Yeah.
0: And, um, I, I'm actually to familiarize yourself with Instagram at least.
1: I know. It's a shame. I know it is. But yeah. I do put out every single day. If you follow me on at Elohim, supports, uh, Elohim Counseling and Support Services, I mm-hmm. do post every day some um some uh, uh, just some thoughts to brighten your day. okay, I will always give a little word of encouragement, something, and I do that every day. so if you can go there and follow me, you can get that uh you can get that every single day.
0: okay, last question, okay, if you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into
1: a room, what would it be, and why? Oh I love music. I absolutely love music. The first couple of things that come to my head, I can't narrow it down to one, but one of the first ones that comes to my head is actually a Vicky Wine song called uh, The Rainbow. Hmm. The storm. Mm-hmm. That you know the rain but the rainbow is coming. No matter what's going on, the rainbow is coming, and that rainbow is. But the song is absolutely gorgeous. But then I'm also thinking "Black Butterfly" by Denise Williams. Ooh, I can def- I can, I can identify with the butterfly because I was, I was in a cocoon for a very long time. What goes on inside the cocoon is an ugly process. There's ugly things going on in there. It is not cute. Yeah. When a thing goes in there, it's ugly. It's it's, it's an ugly little creature. That That metamorphosis is pretty nasty. Yeah. And that is not me, you know, talking about how wonderful I am, but it is me saying that I have come out of the ugliness that I've been in. And I'm going to just break my wings and fly. All right. That's beautiful. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Take flight as the darkness gives way. Dawn. Boy, that song's gonna be in my head all night long now. <laughs>
0: <I'm>... <laughs> oh, as it should be.
1: Black butterfly, ain't I?
0: Now well, you know what? I'm so glad we did this. Next time, hopefully your weefy. Will be cutting up so bad, and the storm would been passed on by
1: both our areas, and neither one of us be having any issues. But I'm still glad you did this. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, but the storm is passing over. Yes, yep.
0: all right now, I'm say that. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! Thank you Thank- so much for having me on tonight. You know I love it. I love it anytime I get, to, I get I get to chit and chat with you. Oh, I know you're my sis. And and what I appreciate about oh, you yeah. is is that when AJ brought me into the family, you were one of the first ones that just loved on me from day one and just treated me like. You didn't treat me like the step kid, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, you, treat treated me like I was already, I already was a part of y'all from like from day one. That's and right. so, I mean, all y'all did, but you was the first one that just kind of was like, you know, I like her, and I was like, what?
0: <laughs> y'all know me?
1: <laughs> I could <gonna> be
0: crazy. Me <laughs> too.
1: And that's part what it was. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I got a, I got a special love for you, sis. So, yeah, definitely.
0: So, I can't wait till you come back. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Breezy, for being on the show, as always. I enjoy any time me and you can catch up and talk. And I just love everything that you're doing. And you keep on rocking it, girl. God's going to bless you. Hey, and did you know Roller Church Girl is live? That's right, Roller Church Girl is going live. As a matter of fact, this very episode was recorded live. You can see Roller Church Girl on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitch. And if you would like to be a Roller Church Girl, go to www.rollerchurchgirl.com, go to the contact section, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. And have you subscribed? Why not? What are you waiting for? You do not want to miss another episode. Worldly Church Girl is only going to get better and better. I guarantee it. And as always, thanks for joining. Your one and only Worldly Church Girl.